Welcome to the Let It Bleed podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. Just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. Hello, everybody. We are back. We're back. It's, it does seem like it's been pretty fucking long because it has been pretty fucking long you yeah. know we recorded i mean it's been over two weeks yeah you know a lot of stuff's been going down yeah and uh and i made it back just in time to get this one out for tomorrow right because fuck yeah no it just flew in like just a few hours ago yeah well why don't you go ahead and give us a little recap of what you were going to be doing i know it has to do with your conventions and i'm not a nerd yet like i'm all i am just not a video game nerd yet oh we're gonna, we're gonna get to yeah, that I know. I know what you're i know what you're alluding to i know what you want to talk about yeah, I know. But yeah but go actually, no we've actually been <laughs> so what it feels, what is it feels this weird we, we just had a really good talk and it was like a good 20 minutes of what would have been an awesome podcast and then we're just like oh shit we should hit record yeah okay well, now we're doing something completely different. Yes. This is way different than that. So what you, everybody knows that Phil does dope shit uh, for which company? Ubisoft. I, I do, yeah. I, I work in video games, you know? Is it Ubisoft and, again or Ubisoft? Uh, you know what? It is whatever your heart desires. Everybody looks into the mirror and they see what they want to see in it. Some people see Ubisoft. Some people Boobisoft. see Ubisoft. Some people see Ubisoft. <laughs> Well, it's dope because it gets him to go to these fucking conventions all over the place, and you no, were in I'm, Washington and San Francisco. Just yeah, recently. no, I am. I am not mad at this. It's the best job I ever had, and I hesitate to talk about it sometimes because you know, by the nature of everything that we're doing here, and it does it does get to be a little bit uh, higher profile, right? Say, but I think it's all it's all you know out there. People kind of know. I just I just fear that kind of. Uh, uh, well, you know, we talked about. Fair I don't enough. remember if you. Remember that we talked about the thing called Gamergate a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was it was the like the trolls like the uh, the kind of red pill men's rights trolls that would yes oh yeah she <laughs> relearned uh, a new skill while we were gone too she can oh, roll bl- yeah blunt sick blunts now. Did you watch a Tupac the Tupac uh, YouTube video on how to roll a blunt? There's like a video that somebody posted, like it shows him rolling up a blunt, like he gives you all the steps, like literally like just him with his homies, he sits there and does it like less than a couple minutes and he's just damn. Like, that's how you roll the blunt. I thought it was like, I was like, damn, that's, that's genius. I feel slighted because I watched the Wiz Khalifa one and that's how I kind of learned. I would have rather learned from Tupac though. Dude, he did it like such a gangster, like at a park. You're like, this is, and this is pre like YouTube days, you know, this was like before they created like how to videos. I this love guy this. was, it was just more like right on the spot. They're just like gonna, you know, catch him doing, rolling a blunt and just killed it. I love imagining his homies like standing there with like one of those big ass, like JVC camcorders, just mm. filming Tupac in a park rolling Cause a that's blunt. what it would have, that's what it would have had to have been at that time. You know, it had to be like a fucking, you couldn't just, you know, one of those big home movies thing. Yeah, I mean, every I like to ca- imagine them buying that. Any you know? video camera at that time had to have been fucking ginormous. You know. Yeah, like, they were the size of a fucking. We don't even make anything that is that size anymore. Right. I just tried to pull like something modern, and I got nothing. <laughs> right. Oh the man. TVs are are barely that size. No. No, not even, man. They're bigger. All right. Well, anyways, this is riveting uh, podcast <laughs> conversation. But yeah. Oh no. So I was saying I was talking about um, about Gamergate, which was you know a bunch of 
you know, a bunch of guys who who just see the the video game industry as predominantly male. It's a very macho thing, which is actually not true in that, you know, video games actually started. It was Nintendo who actually started marketing to uh, boys back in the 80s as a strategy because video games were dying off and they were like, weren't going to catch on. Nintendo started marketing them as like, oh, yeah, like it's your friends and they're all boys in the commercials and everything's like lasers and shit like that, you know. Um, but originally they were marketed to both and just as many boys and girls play video games. And then there was that big campaign, like the late eighties, early nineties. And it got kind of solidified as that thing. And then more and more, it has actually shifted back to what it actually is as, and especially as the marketing now has kind of gotten, well, not as specific in, in some respects. And it's now like, I mean, according to a couple of studies that I saw, it's about 50%. Wow. You know? I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I, anytime we ever played, my sister or any girl that was around would always play. It's like, you know, video games were just kind of universal. I understand, like, when you probably get into, like, the, the teenage years or whatever, like, it just, that's the way it was. But, I, I mean, I've definitely heard that women, yeah, are kicking ass at, like, conventions and shit and, like, winning mm-hmm. tournaments and stuff like that, which is, I mean, I've always kind of thought that they were a huge part of it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and that's, that's... You know, I, I think most people, most decent people, I think, yeah. recognize that and understand that anybody who has at least been around it or knows it right. too well and stuff like that. Right, you right. Know, there, but there, there is a vocal sect of, uh, you know, shitty people who think, uh, you know, video games are not for girls. Oh, and they so fucking they're like harass the video game incels, like incels, incels or incels? Is that how, you, how do you say that? Yeah, yeah. They're incels. like the video the same, game guys. It's, it's, in that. general, <laughs> they're talking about a very similar group of people, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, no, I think that was, uh, that's a topic that I have seen actually kind of come up like lately in the past couple of months, especially as we're talking about stuff. And it just, it just strikes me as so crazy that so many people who talk like they're, you know, in such positions of authority because they've been playing for a long time and, you know, they don't get to, they don't call many girls, uh, faggots while they're playing Call of Duty. Right. You know, it's the kind of, it's the kind of kids that just, just use you know that shit like they just th- they're just yeah they kind of they get on xbox live and they think it's cool to just you know you can tell they are you know 12 year old white kids just shouting the n-word you gotta like, think non-stop. that that has had a huge that has to like video games and the fact that you can actually get online and play a video game with a complete stranger from across that just opens up your audience as a kid so much more to want to impress other kids with stupid shit that you say. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, remember when you were kids? Like, I remember the only reason I started watching South Park as a kid was because they cussed on it and, like, the other kids were, like, their brothers and shit would watch it and so they were allowed to. So I'd go sneak and watch it. Obviously, it was, you know, one of the greatest, like, satire shows of all time. But at the time, I didn't know that. I just liked it because of that. Like, imagine, yeah. you know, me being that kid I skipped the whole thing, as I've said. I've skipped the whole video game thing and, like, you know, talking online and playing those kind of uh, shooter games with everybody. But, like, I can just imagine kids just get out there and just fucking act a fool because you can say whatever the fuck you want. It's a weird (laughs) outlet. Oh, no, you know, I think there's been a response to it because I think for a time, for a long time, that was huge. That was the, it's still like a prevailing, you know, meme about what it's like to play online games in that people just immediately, We'll start, you know, just shouting obscenities at you, talking about your mom, saying the most racist shit they can come up with and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. So that, I mean, I mean that it it got that reputation for that, but I think it has been curved by, I think, I think the majority of actual, um, you know, gamers kind of seeing the like 
toxicity of that, not wanting to add or be a part of it, seeing it as not just like harmless fun, but like, nah, this is, this is real. And you're affecting, um, you know, you're affecting other people. There's somebody else like on the other end of that mic and you like, you can talk to them, you know that. And I think people there's, there's, you know, more empathy that has been like introduced into the culture. And so I'd say overall, like things are getting good, but there are, you know, still some, you know, there are still some people out there like that. Right. And it's, uh, it's annoying to me to see, to like be closer to, you know, the people who are at the height of it, who are making it and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, you guys are like out of touch. I'm like, no, I, I see the numbers and they overwhelmingly do not support your like thesis of, you know, oh, girls don't play video games and like, oh, these dude. aren't real and stuff like that. I have, I mean, it doesn't matter what field you're in. That's a problem. I think that we're all like shit, like at the world in general and tech and everything, the way businesses run in just about every form of business, I think, or, you know, when it comes to creating video games or movies, like the mm. industries are going to drastically, drastically change because I mean, it has to, it's the technology is changing. There's going to be so many more things that are possible. And as, and you know, the demographic is completely changing because, you know, shit does change and we're there looking at it. But the people at the top are like focusing on the non-important things. Like they're not like, they just have no vision, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. they're only looking at just like what, you know, they, what they think from like old shit. You know, yeah. things are fucking changing. You got to yeah. pay attention to that. And they're, they're like going to just die off. Like it's, it's going to be crazy. How I many... mean, I mean, there's a giant changing of the guard too. Cause we just had a uh, Les Moonves who's mm-hmm. been the CEO of, of CBS. He's yeah. run the whole company for like, like two or three decades, I want to say. And he just got, um, well, do you know who uh, Ronan Farrow is? Mm-mm. He's this like probably the most like, one of the craziest investigative journalists uh, that we have right now. He works for the New Yorker. And like, if he's writing a story about you, you know, you fucked up. Harvey Weinstein was Ronan Farrow. Uh, and there was a couple more of them that I don't want to misquote. I want to, was Cosby one of them? But anyways, Les Moonves was, was the latest one that he released a story on. And uh, it was, you know, brutal hearing that. And so he had to step down. Because, you know, it's just a long, just decades of sexual assault and all these allegations coming out and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, they have officially ousted another another bastard over there at uh, this time at CBS. And, you know, that's coming after all these other people that, uh, you know, have been kind of taken out of commission, making room for, you know, other more, uh, a more diverse group of voices. And right. I think that is... I mean, I think that's already paying dividends and it's all, and it's going to lead to even way greater things. Right. Not just this stock shit, but anyways, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, my point in that these conversations, or at least this point of view, like it's, it's a, it's, it's a major point of contention online because when you see, you know, go, just go into any Facebook random Facebook comment thread and just say that shit and you'll get a hundred people that are with you and you'll probably get uh you know 25 trolls who just will not stop messaging you know vile shit at people and so i'm you know i'm proud of uh of our company because we do a lot of things to curb that you know lots of uh, uh bands and stuff like that we're not you know allowing uh racist shit homophobic shit and stuff like that and like that's a that's a bannable offense if you're like in game doing that because you know it, the some of these communities can get toxic pretty quick 
Oh, and I that, can imagine. Yeah. And that ruins, that's like not fun. It's not a good, it's, it's like there's a concerted effort to break that stereotype. I mean, I could not be like more behind, like more behind it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I don't talk about it as much um, on the podcast, just because, you know, there's a certain like, oh man, is this going to like, is this going to upset somebody? Or are they going to tie it back? Is it going to be a thing? No. I don't want people to think that everything I say is representative of, you know, of my work. Yeah. Because it's not. It's representative of me and just me. So well, I like to talk about it when I can. But I think that that's good that you just clarify, clarify that, you know, because like that's what I do too. My, you know, my where I, what I do for work or right now what I do for work is, you know, a part of what I do, but it's not me, you know. So like my views and my anything that I express has nothing to do with the company necessarily or the outside of work, everything that I say, like, you know, I'm not Elon Musk over there, you know, on the Joe Rogan podcast, getting scrutinized for smoking a joint, which is stupid as Holy fuck, by shit. the way, but that was a weird ass conversation. It, he's Did you listen to the whole thing. I listened. I was actually listening to a little bit of it earlier, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it all the way through. I did listen to like the beginning part a couple times and it was in the beginning when I was watching it, the first time, because I was watching it on YouTube, mm-hmm. it was just like, is this guy scared or is he just kind of like quirky, like that quirky? Like he just, or is he like some sort of savant? Because he was just kind of like, I don't know if he was actually missing the questions that he was asking him or just kind of like just playing dumb about it. Because by, just... by the way he was talking, like, I don't know why I had this idea, like based on the way he like he tweets and like he writes and stuff like that. And I hear quotes from him. I, I kind of hear Elon Musk is more like a yeah he's more way Tony, more charismatic like, yeah and charismatic shit. you know he was, Tony Starkish just to live up to that like comparison that people always make I you wonder know? if he got stoned with him before the show and he just got like super in his head stoned and was like like you know what I mean like just kind of sitting there thinking and like he, and fuck says, I don't want to say like. I don't want to say it. And that's why he probably wasn't inhaling because there was that whole shit going around about him not even inhaling the weed too. There was all these fucking what? trolls. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of trolls saying that he wasn't inhaling. They're like, watch the video, watch the video. It's oh, like, man. there's comics that have been doing it. And so- Well, he says in the video, I don't smoke weed. Yeah, I've like barely so, ever smoked weed before. And you know and how it like, can fuck you up in the head when you're having you a conversation. Yeah. You know? Like I smoke weed every day and I'm over here sometimes getting like, huh? <laughs> like, like what? You realize <laughs> no matter how this goes, people are going to talk about it. You right. might want to oh, be absolutely. a sharp uh, mind and body. At but moment. at the but, same time, you know, it's whatever. also the Joe Rogan podcast, and it's like, what else do you expect? And it is legal, and it's like, it shouldn't in any way. I, when I was hearing people make the argument for uh, like why it it should be even a big deal at all, it's just like, wait, what? Like you're just well, you're it just really saying, shouldn't. But when it, you've got that many eyes on anything, like of course, it's but, gonna you know, it's time to deal. look make those eyes. Hey, look at me. This is what I'm doing. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, like that's, yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's, that's, I was yeah. I was only struck by how like under. Well, like that was the first like long form thing I'd heard of him. I was surprised by how underwhelmed by him that I was. Yeah, me too. You know, but that's what that's what made me think like you know he's obviously a brilliant guy, but there there's also like you know what is he either trying to hide or in the you know I mean he is brilliant no matter what. But like in the episode that or the the podcast, he was just like asking about certain ideas because we assume that like every single thing that they do over you know at uh, Tesla is his idea and it's not like he's got engineers mm-hmm. he's got all these other people that are coming up with stuff and he's like the director you know he oversees it he's like yeah go ahead cool do that but yeah. he's not necessarily the one just sitting there because joe is kind of trying to ask him that like how do you have the time 
to like do all of this shit, you know? Like, where do you get the permit? Like, where do you go about getting a hole dug in the ground? He's like, well, people dig holes all the time. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> it's a, like, what? Yeah, it was a pit. You know, we asked for a pit. They gave us a pit. It was a pit. He said pit like 17 fucking times. And I was like, am I having a stroke? What's happening Dude, he's right He's an now? alien, man. I'm telling you. That guy, I and, don't know. Like, I, you know, I still got to respect him. Oh, I, totally. I was just, I was just kind of just thrown off by it. I admire know? him still. You know, I mean, it's the podcast episode. It's not his life. It's not the end of end of all things. But I do, I do see what you're saying. I kind of was like expecting it to be like way more. I guess you could say way more of a personality, such as like Neil deGrasse Tyson, someone yeah. who can just like be super eloquent. Did you listen to? Tyson's yeah I listen to his and he it's yeah. like that guy knows that guy is made for the camera though like that guy is good at like he's what he so does. good at being yeah, a, he's... A, a spokesperson exactly. for science in general yeah um but that was a that one was really good that yeah. one you know because it, it blows me away how often I can listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk and how many of his things that I hear that are just like for people that are like it's like basic science education for like you know people articulates in, great people ideas in, in Missouri who have yeah. not like had a textbook that was made after 1948 yeah. and like he can still just consistently blow my fucking mind every time which is why I'm actually super stoked because I get to go to uh, New York next week because we're doing an event um, at the Hayden Planetarium. That's the one he's the director of in charge of. Cool. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I didn't know what that was, but that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're going to see him there? That's his regular job that he does when he's not out touring and writing books. He's over there like running the Hayden Planetarium, which, I mean, I don't know a lot about planetariums, but it's the only one I've heard of. So I feel like it's significant. Yeah, well, I mean, anything that he's behind. He's like, he, he. I don't know, like I have like the same kind of love for him that I do with like Reggie Watts. It's, you know, it's like <laughs> a very similar thing because to me, they both like represent this like cool, like new style, something that's like fresh, just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like I get the same level of excitement to watch or hear Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about science as I do somebody just like free form express themselves at a show. Like I'd rather watch Reggie Watts do that than any DJ. I don't care who, what the DJ is. Like I'd rather see him do that performance and everybody else was like no what are you talking about fucking you know uh diplo no and it's like yeah, wait what no i don't give a fuck like, about diplo i want to go watch fucking reggie dude, watts, reggie watts is somebody, like that's the best some of the best artistry like yeah, when we saw him I've do that scene i've never seen anything like at that. dirty amazing. bird with the fucking golf cart scene yeah like that was like the dopest fucking thing i'd ever seen that was the after show after his actual performance and just sitting in a golf cart with the fucking microphone well just we left our camp yeah. Not expecting anything. Just exactly. just going to go walk and just see what people are doing at three in the morning. Yeah. And then fucking Reggie Watts just like pulls up, not an announced show or anything like that, just pulls up in front of us and just starts playing with his like his whatever you call that like ser- like contraption that he uses to, you know, his loopers and all of his like stuff that he does. And was just making new songs nobody's ever heard of for like fifteen people standing around a golf cart. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy this guy is on late night TV every night. Yeah. That's fucking, deal. which I had completely forgotten about that until I like just had, uh, I turned on a hotel TV last night and it was Colbert and then it ran into James Corden. And then I was like, I heard Reggie Watts. I'm like, wait, what? Oh shit. That's right. I've never actually seen the James Corden show. And then he was, you know, 
doing. He oh, like, so is that what he's he doing did, now? He's like the guy for that he's show. The, he's the whole. Well, I was gonna say he's the band the leader, ensemble. but I think he's the whole. Because that's what he did for yeah. Comedy Bang Bang. That's yeah. What he started. That's like was his main gig, right? Yeah. Like, and then he he got off there and he's doing that for. Okay. Yeah. I I can't keep up. And then with he the, he left Comedy Bang Bang to do to James do, Court. Got it. Yeah. Ah. And so I remember when that happened, but then I didn't like I didn't put the two together because who the fuck wants to watch the James Corden show? I don't even know who James Corden is. I'm so, but you know, that's me. You know, I'm that guy. But did I, I told you before about my experience, uh, actually the first comic con that the one that you and I hung out at, I was, I were, was going to say like, do you want me to like ask him if he remembers your dick or something? Uh, see, yeah, I got to take a piss <laughs> next to Neil deGrasse. I actually fucking totally forgot about that until we were just talking about him right now. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you know that I have an experience with both of them. Like I was right next to both of them. Like you know, like there's Neil deGrasse Tyson and his dick. And yeah, that too. No, uh, Reggie Watts. Oh, oh, we yeah, were right okay. There. Yeah. Like we were like you know what I mean. Like somebody you I look forgot up to. You, and it's not about. like he's on stage and you're like you know it's like oh he's like within like you know a very short proximity that we are like basically fucking homeboys. We're like best friends, you know. Yeah. Like we're we're kicking it, and uh, I mean, how much closer can you get to a man than you know? Basically being able to, to see his dick yeah. at a urinal in, at the fucking Hilton Hotel oh. right above the fucking Chuck Jones Gallery. Absolutely. That was a so guy, crazy. A guy I peed with next to, like, at a concert like six years ago. He's going to be the best man at my wedding. I told him that <laughs> What's his name? Jerry. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know where to go with that, Jerry. I don't either. But anyway. I, so- like, <laughs> I was like trying to riff a, like, a name, like... Like a famous Jerry, yeah. and then my two, my two that I came up with were Falwell and then Sandusky, and then I was like, nope, like just bail on this one. Bail. You can't come up with anything but like the worst people ever to <laughs> exist named Jerry. Yeah. Oh man. I wanted to bring up something before I totally forget because I mean I know that that's there's so going much to happen. That, so shoot. Yeah, I know there's so much more to talk about that may be important, but this was a fu- something that fucking shocked me, and I feel. That you may have even been the one who told me about this movie, but I can't remember exactly who told me about it anyways. Have you ever seen Tusk? Oh, yeah. I was the one who told you about you that movie. To- you, you and I think a few other people told okay. me. And I saw it. And I was just... Holy I shit. saw it on Netflix. It was there. And I'm like, oh, Justin Long. Why does this sound familiar? And then, boom. Like, they're playing... You know, and obviously right away it hits home just because of the whole podcast thing. And you're like, yeah. holy shit. This is like, just... This is pretty relatable. And, you know, you, you think you get the vibe that it's like a good it's going to be a good movie, you know, and then totally takes you for a fucking complete spin. And I'm so glad that my memory is shit and that I don't remember you oh, I am, giving me any me sort so of details happy. because I saw it and I was like, what the fuck? So you didn't like know or no, remember. I don't remember. That the premise t- of this movie is that no, I he remem- gets turned into a fucking walrus after at some the, point. Ap- completely after the fact, I remembered <laughs> fucks. After the shock, you know, value was still really good. I still was like, wait, somebody was telling me about this. And like, I totally forget where. And I was probably right here. But... I'm so glad that I didn't expect that because actually I won't say glad because if you watch it, you're like, you're glad that you didn't expect that. What the fuck? That shit's fucked up. And I, I mean, I showed my coworker that and today he even brought it up. I showed him like three weeks ago and he was like, or two weeks ago. He's like, dude, don't ever like, please just whatever it is. No fucking walrus guy thing. <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, cool, dude. Cause that shit was fucked up. And dude. I mean, you're like obviously watching the movie and you're thinking like, this has got to be a comedy The the accents are highly exaggerated. And what made me think about it right now is the fact that you always say about 
a, like a Canadian, you always say a boot, a boot. <laughs> like just pay attention yeah. for it. And yeah. so I was just thinking about Yoga Hosers, which is the other movie. That's the second. They, the, that's the one after that. that with he made. Johnny Depp's daughter and his daughter, yeah. which was completely different. And obviously the same character. And when I was watching Tusk, I was like, is that, that's Johnny Depp. And I'm like, but that, no, that's not Johnny Depp. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, shit, that is Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. Because um, yeah. him, the, her, his daughter and Kevin Smith's daughter yeah. are, you know, best friends. Yeah. And Johnny Depp will say yes to anything. Yeah. So Kevin Smith's like, hey, do you want to put on seven pounds of prosthetics and be a weird accent like detective again? And he was like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then he, I guess he went to star in Yoga Hosers, which I have not seen yet. It's because it, apparently it's that's every, a whole other it's genre. A whole, it's a whole other it's like genre. Not, yeah. So like this one is, it's like hilarious. Like Tusk is is great because it is fucking freaky. Just the concept of it happening. Like well, I love that the, at just in the credits they play the, oh, the podcast. like the the podcast episode where, where they're, they're just high it, as shit, <laughs> just up. shooting stupid ideas back and forth, that's and up. they play the like three four minute clip that eventually became this movie, and that's and why like, I love it. It's so cool, like that idea, of just being able to take a stupid idea that you have and make it something awesome that people are gonna remember. That's I mean, Sharknado became a fucking movie, you know, but and this yeah, this, this was so great because oh, yeah. we see the whole process. Yes, you know, yeah, it was kind of crazy that that whole you know chapter like went like from listening to that to him actually making the movie to watching the movie. It was yeah. like such a like such a masterclass and just like doing shit. Yeah, because throughout the whole time he's chronicling like chronicling how like what he's doing to get the movie made. And like, and you're hearing about it like in real time, and realize like he's just demystifying the whole process. And it was like really, uh, I mean, it was just it was just so great because I, I love when they when they do that because it makes everything kind of feel more accessible. You yeah. know, it takes Hollywood and, and and media production like that just takes it all down a peg yeah. and puts it at your level, and it just makes you it's that's like an empowering feeling, right? Because you feel like you like oh man, you don't really have to I invest can do this anything too. into it. You're just watching it just to like you know like you're not worried if you're missing. A, like tiny little bit of it but you can appreciate the fucking story and you i mean like you're saying though with kevin smith going from like you know producing clerks for whatever little budget that is and whatever you know independent things he created to even be awarded that opportunity to you know create well no clerks. Clerk, clerks was his first very thing. first thing that was his very first thing and it was his only thing okay and, so yeah, then you know for him like to go to that self-funded he was using the oh, the convenience store that he worked at during the day yeah and then like filmed that shit at night oh my god and see? just wrote it and did it all yeah. in, like this weird black and white kind of avant-garde thing and then it just like it just blew up and it gave him a career from there right and but he and he hasn't stopped you know whether you like his stuff or not you know whether it, it definitely is its own thing. It's its own style, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you can definitely tell from the writing to, I mean, for him to do all of that too, to direct it, to write it, yeah. and then even be the like complete opposite in like his own character in Jane Silent Bob, you know, he's silent fucking Bob. He, and that's he's how such, I, such an affable guy in, in reality too, you yeah. know, because he was one of the first people to actually start podcasting. He's super humble and, too. Oh yeah. Way, way humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and he talks about like literally every part of his life. And, you know, I, I feel like I know the guy well, you know, and I think that has ultimately led to a giant like upswing in his movies. Cause when you can like feel the whole process and like know what it is to get through it and you see it as this labor of love, like for what it really is. Yeah. I think that's like, you build more of a connection to that movie, that series of movies and stuff like that. And you know you just respect all the like the the finer the finer details that get walked through, yeah. 
You know? Have, have, you seen, the, um, have you seen Red State, by the way? That, is, is that, that was one he did like in like a few years ago. Red in like State. 2015, I want to say. No. Red State. It's really good. It's um, that same, the same guy who uh, turns Justin Long into a walrus. He passed away. Or he's yeah, he passed away about Bill a year ago, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but he's a phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah. And he um, he's like this... Uh, cult leader in red state he would and i don't want to say <laughs> i don't want to say anything more than that just if you haven't seen it go ahead and see it i know i saw it on netflix once upon a time i don't know if it's still there okay but yeah no check that shit out if you liked tusk for like the the, the creepy elements of it you know yeah it feels like if it wasn't trying to be like ironic and funny it was just like actually well written you, right. you see like a version of tusk if they it's were actually like trying. That, yeah. And it's like, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It's pretty sincere. And then it like throws you off with like, okay, there's no way that they can be trying to exaggerate this like accent, like Johnny Depp being this like, a, like just really just ridiculous fucking French dude, you know, yeah. or like all even the Canadians or Ralph Garman, you know, be, which I absolutely love though, seeing him on there. And he's mm-hmm. in Yoga Hosers as yeah, he, more, he has a more prominent role in Yoga Hosers. And you could tell he had a lot to do with the, like, the, like, you know, the at least certain parts of the writing and just I, stupid I feel shit. like I know like <laughs> most of like the, the movie because I do, I listen to their, I don't listen to it as much anymore, but uh, I listen to their, to Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith's podcast for like. Oh, a, they they have one together. You didn't know that, dude. They've I, been doing that for years. I'm like, man. I keep my head like aside from what we're doing. You know, I'm like <laughs> with I have I mean my net I've exhausted all the Netflix shows, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and I just kind of try to like draw, and then go to work, and I just mm-hmm. don't like. There's just too many things out Wait, there. Wait, Netflix for, shows before I lose this one. Have you have I talked about uh, the documentary Bombshell yet? No, on the podcast no dude okay Bombshell. that this is i feel like this is like a like a public service that i need to give out to people okay fucking bombshell the hedy lamar story on netflix is like one of the craziest who the hell's hedy lamar i don't know i'll tell you right now <laughs> it's one of like the craziest documentaries i've ever seen so hedy lamar was this like big time actress in like the 1940s like a lot of that you know golden age of hollywood and stuff like that and she starred in all these movies and stuff like that and that's, you know, what she was known for. That's where I had, like, heard the name, wasn't super familiar with her or anything. And, like, it tells her life story, which is insane. Because she actually was a brilliant inventor, as well as being, like, a Hollywood starlet. And, like, GPS technology, Wi-Fi, like, Bluetooth, uh, like, all the communication, like, ev- that we use today. All of that shit is actually, like... Partially, like, based around technology that Hedy Lamar, the same Hedy Lamar that starred in fucking Algiers in 1942, is, like, she invented that shit. It's crazy, man. Wow. Is she, so... So there's that, and then there's the Andre the Giant documentary, Which too. I have not seen yet. Oh, really? But, okay, yeah. yeah. You definitely... But I'm, I'm excited for it. Good documentaries always make me happy. Like, really, like, ones that just, like, get you like that. Like, that one's, like, one of those ones, like, what the fuck? Yeah. The one you're talking about, like, you know, like, really, like... Dude, she know. was she was a fucking badass. Yeah. And she fucking invents this crazy shit because she reads that uh, the Germans, like, in 1942... Mind you, she escaped, like, you know, Nazi Austria... In a badass way. I don't want to, like, I've been getting too excited and telling everybody, like, the whole movie. Hopefully itself. it's not like that one movie that Angelina Jolie directed about no, that guy no. that was the military guy. Because it's, like, after that kind of movie, you're just, like, I can't really do anything in this life to be, like, 
a decent person that just made me feel like well, I'll dude, never no, be as good as no. this guy. <laughs> Watch this documentary because I swear I I want her like I want her like to I want to have a holiday around her or some shit like that because they fucking stole her idea because she invented a, re- a a remote control torpedo to use in World War Two, and then like they basically stole her idea never gave her any kind of credit for it and she was this like massive patriot who ended up also raising like what's the equivalent of like 300 million dollars today Shit. and like just for the war effort she was just like genuinely like just so good and just invented shit and just kept up with it all the time and at every corner she just got shat on like non-stop by the fucking like by the press and by just the media and every man that was the gatekeeper of you know the you know in, in inventor society and the navy and fucking big hollywood movie studios and shit like that and it, her she got nothing but like complete shit for it she basically like tortured most of her life by everybody along the way and she kept going with all this crazy shit Fun. and so yeah it's a really like it's a tragic story but in in a way that i'm i'm glad she got to know that like oh like just before she died somebody actually like an investigative journalist actually like looked through and found out that it was actually her and her ideas that like were what was taken. And then they built from there to make like GPS and Bluetooth and all that. Mm. And um, so she did get to know a little bit before she died, but it's still like the full extent of that. Like I, she she went her whole life going, nobody, nobody knows like how much she's done or appreciates her for like who she really is and stuff like that. And now there's this like brilliant documentary that shows that. And I feel like it's a, I've felt like I've had to tell everybody I talked to because it's a fucking crazy story and I feel like we should all know who that is. Well, I'm definitely going to go fucking find out who that is now too. Yeah, it's important because, I mean, there's so many of those things I would easily pass up by browsing through Netflix. Like if it, it's, it's kind of oh, like yeah. there's just so many things to choose from. Like a lot of the times it is just choosing a book by its cover, you know? And like oh, yeah. I've chosen, I've gone back and watched movies later that I like would have never like thought to watch really. And I was just like, Holy shit! I am so glad I just took a random fucking chance on this like yeah. red movie because, you know, I would have never picked this movie. I would have never fucking picked this movie, dude. Oh, and then I watched uh, the end of the tour, like two days after that. What's that? With Jesse Eisenberg and Jason. Um, oh, Jason I saw Siegel. that. Ah, yeah, the David so, Foster Wallace movie. Uh, what do you think about that? I really liked it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was, like cool interesting and like a relaxed movie like not one based around a lot of tension but they brought up some very interesting ideas that yeah. i am guessing must have been in, i don't know david foster wallace's like writings at all not really. really i just not kind really of i'd heard the name before yeah um so i don't want to you know pretend like i know more than i do but in that movie and i watched this two days after i watched the documentary he goes oh hey do you guys want to you guys want to watch algiers starring Hedy lamar do you know she invented uh, frequency hopping? It's just a throwaway line. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? That's that fucking synchronicity shit, dude, man. Seriously, <laughs> that's that fucking shit right there, dude. Yeah, and now <laughs> and now I'm not sure if like Joe Rogan saw the same documentary that I did recently. What? Now there's some like I heard, but that Neil deGrasse Tyson episode. He's he talking forces, about it too. He forced that into conversation. And I was like, and then he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they talked about it for a second, and then they move on to the next thing. But I was just like, oh, shit. Like, this is so, I'm, I'm glad that I'm hearing it more, that people, like, know about this. Oh, but it was so crazy. Joe was talking about the uh, her, not Algiers. No, oh, yeah, no, no. Sorry, he was okay. talking about her in that uh, because gotcha. he, like, 
he was just as excited as like I have been lately. I thought you meant to, he like, like did the like the line like referencing fact. Algiers, and you're like, what, what, like you know that's okay, no, cool. no, no. I I just realized, oh shit! As soon as anybody learns that, we want to inject that into conversation as soon as we can. Got it. I'm just as annoying about it as they are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm gonna go. I I have some other stuff to watch then. Oh, I was yeah. like just pissed off that I already like ran through everything that just got released on Netflix and Amazon and you know Hulu and shit. And I still don't have that the Hulu account where you could watch um, the season two of Atlanta. They still only have season one. And uh, so then I watched the first episode on some website that like has shit, but then they didn't have like episode two. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but somebody said you don't have to watch them in order this time. Wait. Watch what? Atlanta. Atlanta in order? I season don't, two. I don't know. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true, but now that I like thinking about it more, I can't think of one that's like explicitly about the other. I mean, thematically, they all tie together really well. Okay. But and I think there's a couple of them that do cross over a little more, where it's like, oh, that plot point continues. So I would still recommend watching them in order. I but binge I watched Ozark, the season two. What do you think of that? I thought it was good. I thought I've never it, seen it. It's well acted uh, and it's well written, except, well, the lines, you know, everything like that's well written, but like the concept or just what goes on, like <laughs> basically like the the likelihood of what actually goes down in that actually happening in real life would, it's just like, there's no fucking way, you know, they these people would have been this would have not gone this far. Like, you know, there'd be a lot of things in the way of this, but for just pure drama's sake for entertainment's uh, mm. sake, it's, it's really good. That, but it's enough. to. I don't even know what like the, the premise of the show. Oh, you is. don't know it at all. I don't you, know. You haven't even seen like one episode. No. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I think we started watching like the first 10 minutes of it. And it was, I think it was Jason Bateman. was Jason Bateman, like watching porn, like while his wife wasn't looking. Yeah. It changes right? around a lot. From okay. that point, from that very point to where it ends up, it changes around a lot. A lot of shit happens. Um, I thought it was good. I like it. It's definitely entertaining. It's well, definitely a series if you're that I'm still... if, like, if that review didn't convince me, your tone certainly did just now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's my Larry David thing. Yeah. There. It's like... <laughs> you stretch out. I go super high. It's okay. Yeah, that's how, that's how I know it's not but, good. I mean, to be honest with you then, <laughs> nothing I give you is going to tell you to really want to watch it because that's kind of like my tone for just about everything. That's <laughs> Holy shit, it's one of the bats. There's tons of... Oh, what? It's a bat. That's a bat. Mm-hmm. From that Ralph Stedman illustration, if you zoom out. I, nor anybody who's li- just listening to this right now, has any idea what the fuck you're talking about. Ralph Stedman, he was an illustrator for uh, Hunter S. Thompson. So he did the Fear and Loathing on Las Vegas oh, okay. uh, covers. Okay. So that would be a bat from uh, Fear and Loathing on oh. Las Vegas. Okay. That does make sense. If you watch... Oh, it doesn't make any sense to anybody listening, but there's <laughs> a picture of a canyon that just popped up on my Google Chromecast that looks like a bat. Yeah. And this is how... <laughs> no, that's it right there. That's, that's it. That's actually it. That's not a canyon. And so if you were curious about the uh, <laughs> marijuana intake of my co-host here today... I think uh, this that's some, is that's some like you know fucking Ralph said. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, what else are you going to talk well, about though? Because well, I know we went on a whole unplanned movie thing. Well, okay, yeah, that was a you know a little slight detour, but we can get back on track because what we were talking about before was that Burning Man came and went uh, <laughs> since we were since we were off. And um, when I actually stopped you and I said, "Oh shit," because you were about to go into something that I was also planning to talk about today. 
Um, you were saying how, okay, when I was in uh, Seattle for PAX, um, that's when I saw this, you know, this whole like trippy setup and they had all these VR stations and they had these like psychedelic VR games that ah. looked super cool. Like there was one that was just, it was like a, like a psychedelic, uh, like 3D free painter. Okay. So it's like, you've got the, the controllers and you're building your art like in a virtual space like that and it's just it feels incredible to do but they had a really cool like psychedelic one that i had never seen before i'm like that was dope and then i kept on looking and they had another like it was like a groovy it was like a kind of like a dancing game but like you use all four limbs and like you have the headset on and you're kind of just like going through this like really trippy space like through a desert and stuff like that and these like boxes are coming out like with the music that sounded very you know it sounded very like dirty bird you know yeah and or it was it was just like it was so they were so about it like these guys knew exactly what it was talking about and I had never seen such a like uh, crazy convergence of like the two things that I am like super interested in right and I had their fucking I had their pamphlet here like a second it might ago. even be the same group so this group uh, well this other group I didn't did I tell you about the time I went with Kevin I took him out to L A to this fucking ridiculously dope oh, spot yes. with West Bomb. Yeah. And oh, that's it. they were like jamming. He and Blair, Blair was on the drums. Kevin was on like sax and trumpet. Um, I even got to jump in on guitar for a little bit, but mostly just chilling, watching them and West Bomb. Yeah, I saw Basically the jam. Yeah. Kevin posted it where yeah. they were jamming over this like VR game that they're developing. And like the whole like environment, like the whole place was like the most. It's like, what the fuck? I can't believe this place exists here. And it's like totally Silicon Valley, like tech shit. Like, you know, like just the environment was like, whoa, this is a fucking clubhouse. Like, this is like, uh-huh. it was insane, you know, like the, the and, and they're young people, like, yeah. you know, younger than us, yeah. you know, that are designing and like creating these games and trusting their friends, like opinions on things and, mm-hmm. you know, their own as well. But, you know, coming up with all this stuff and it's like, yeah, they're, they're incorporating the music that we like into these things. And it's like, cause it's it, basically us yes. that are making these things. Yes. You know, we have officially like reached the, uh, the age where like, most of the dope shit is made by us for us. You know what I mean? It's all like, you know, mid to late 20s boom, to boom. mid to, <laughs> yeah, like mid 30s and shit like that. And so, yeah, this company, Orpheus, I just got the, uh, my assistant, uh, my executive producer just handed me this from the back. Yeah, it was Orpheus Self Care Entertainment. That's the company. Wow. And they, uh, Rave Runner was the game. Microdose VR was like the, um, Microdose VR. Yeah, was, that's what caught my attention was that they had a VR game called Microdose, and that's when I stopped and watched them. Because you know I, the people that are designing these get their ideas fucking while they're fucking frying, man. That's like oh, yeah. what I was telling you. The guy that's doing that thing with Meow Wolf, there's a documentary on it. In fact, I forget what the, the name of the documentary is, but it's like about VR. And, ah, oh, shit, it's on Netflix. It's like a series. Mm-hmm. And the first episode shows... This this guy talking about Burning Man, talking about his acid trip out there, and like coming up with this idea to create this like daily usage uh, like program um, for like meditation or something through VR though. Like it's it's a certain experience, and he's also working with Meow Wolf to create basically the uh, additional experience to like you you can put those on and walk through meow wolf and be in the same place but with like actual other things going on too nice yeah i 
I'm not sure if that was if those were the same guys because these guys were in Seattle Probably and I not think the they were guys. I think they were local to that. They're just but, blowing up. But what you're up. describing is something like similar to what I saw there that was actually really cool. The last one I saw was they had people actually lying down on like it looked like a massage table mm-hmm. and they had the headset on and they had a microphone like right. Well, I mean. I'm talking into it now. So yeah. if you guys know microphones and you can imagine how far away my face is from it. And what they would do is it was, it was set up for them to uh, uh, like breathe into it and make light noises and like hum. And it would like make all of their psychedelic, like it w- they would just like manifest like psychedelic visions from that too. So it's these people coming up with the similar ideas. Like, you know, they have the similar ideas and they're creating their own versions of like, and it's just like music, like when you're you're thinking about yeah. like the the music that people. We were at the Closey show last week. Uh, uh, you familiar with Closey? No, dude, you would love Closey's shit. She's fucking awesome. She's a French chick that does, like, she plays and and records her own her own music. Um, I fell in love with her since Eclipse um, a couple of years ago. Like very eclectic sounds, um, bass music, very dancey. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, we went out to the Roxy to see her, but. You know, we were commenting on like how one reason why it is super unique with these sorts of shows as opposed to just the DJs who come for clubs and like, you know, Mm -hmm. press play and stop and stuff or like they're just kind of mixing something that's already pre-recorded. Like whenever you get bands like Grizz or, you know, even Opio or any of these people that have like a a certain live element to it where they're Mm -hmm. playing something to it. Like this is the way music has so changed because you always had some sort of or for the longest time we've had, um, you know, electronic or, you know, synthesizers and stuff like Mm -hmm. that to, to put into music. But now like it's completely changed. And so it's no longer guitars that being are being compared or their instruments. It's like people's rigs. They have different rigs. Everybody's got a different system that they're running to play it. They've got a different keyboard. They've got some, you know, something different. That's like helping them create the sound to their style. So the possibilities for all of these different styles and sounds is just so infinite in in that regard, you know, because technology is going to keep advancing and it's going to keep evolving. And so everything's going to be just slightly different. And so when you look at it that way, that's what I always encourage the people who may not necessarily be into this type of music because it's like obscure, abstract. Like if you just go allow yourself to think about that side of it and then go to a show and like fucking listen to it like and where the speaker is where it's supposed to be yeah, yeah. right there too you know because it's a lot different when you're listening to this bass music ex- experimental on your computer as your opposed shitty, to when you're you know, right there around a laptop or yeah earbuds Jesus and Christ. okay the community is amazing too because they're all very supportive of each other it's like a very awesome community out there in LA where they're very like you know they're all producers and it's kind of oversaturated with it but if you know, you're doing your your thing right, like, and you're in, in the right around around the right people. You're gonna be inspired to do some dope shit. Did you? I don't, because I, I saw this on Facebook. I don't remember if you posted it or not, but I saw this meme. It said like it was like 2000. It was like 2004. It's like guys play the guitar to get chicks, and then it was like 2009. Like DJ or like guys become DJs to get chicks. I probably And then it was like that. 2007 or 2018 it's like DJs play the guitar to get chicks. Yeah. Uh, no, play, DJs playing guitar uh yeah, DJs playing guitar on their tracks to get chicks. Was it on their track? I think it was just DJ. Oh, okay. No, well, D- whatever it was. Because like, it's that, like that because you see, well, <laughs> well yeah, DJs playing guitar is like meaning like a live show. Like it could be the trumpet or anything. You see that a lot, the trumpet, saxophone, but it's funny because 
I say this, I've said the same thing about guitars, you know, guitars are going to become the new saxophone because back in the thirties, you know, or whenever jazz was at, like, it's, you know, high, like that was the shit before electric guitars came onto the scene. Yeah. You know, like guitars weren't really. Saxophones with the new oboes, oboes with the new cellos, <laughs> cellos with the new two rocks banging yeah. together. But yeah, now you get, now class. it's about getting the dopest synthesizer that could get any one of those sounds and bend the fuck out of them. And then also, you know, have a mic where you can alter your voice and, and just do about, just about anything. So in that regard, it's really cool. We were talking just about how this is how this is music now. Mm-hmm. Like when you used to watch movies, like for once, or I guess like The Fifth Element, or you know even other movies. When you think about the future, you know, and, and you're like, you know, what? How does it get from this point to that point? Yeah, we're in that. Like this is such a very fast moving. It's it's not even like very gradual. It's so fast moving that we're not even able to keep up with the changes. We're so stressed out with just trying to get by that we're not paying attention to that. Like most of us are not really paying attention to like noticing that this is, this is, we're like on that bridge right now. You know, we're fucking building that bridge to how it's crossing over. And Mm -hmm. pretty soon everything we know about live bands, you know, playing that way, it's not going to, it's like going to be an ancient thing. You know, there's not going to. I'll still pay to see Chris Tucker in a leopard onesie, like just belting out (laughs) notes that are like beyond human capability. That's what I'm talking about. You know, when you're thinking about that. That sounds great. If that's where we're headed, then I am a okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Man. So yeah, no, that shit was a trip. And I, oh, okay. Wait, sorry. Last part about these guys. I almost forgot. They're like, I was talking to the guys, talking to these guys and we were just shooting the shit we were talking about you know burning man and all that and he said that they had somebody out there at that moment who was testing out another one where they were like they they had a separate like i think it was like ekg sensor on their head i'm fucking that up don't at me and you know (laughs) they were measuring brain waves and they were having that actually like interact with the game and manifest like the visions that were in the vr shit and i was like Holy shit. Because why wouldn't they be able to do that now? You know, like, I mean, you've already, somebody's built you the bridge to like lay all these other little things out that, well, really all I need now. It's like, that's how like, I feel like Elon Musk is. He's like, well, you know, we can, we can do that. Give me a pit. Yeah. Just uh, give me a pit. (laughs) Give me a pit. I'm so glad you felt the same way with that. I was like, and was, I was the only one I posted something about this and like a lot of people saw it. Nobody liked it. I ended up deleting it because I thought maybe this kind of does sound insensitive. I'm high. I'm posting this, but I thought he looked a lot like Tim Curry and I posted that for some reason. I was in that picture that I keep seeing when, whenever it like, you know, people are talking about it. That's the only way I knew how it looked. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. You look a little haggard right there. Right. Compared to all the other ones, he's all in a suit. Fucking, you know, his hair is all done up nice and shit. I I like that. I want to see the, like, chain-smoking, like, Elon Musk, who always looks like that. Just just all kind of, like, fucked up with, like, a a slack-jawed look on his face. I want that to be, like, Elon Musk. I want him to be an eccentric billionaire inventor who just has, like, a chip on his shoulder, like a 1940s, like, cop or something like that. Right. I'm into that. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Totally. Oh man, so yeah, that was uh, that was at uh, at Pax in Seattle. So uh, shout out to uh, my team that I had in Pax in Seattle. A couple of them said they they would uh, take a listen. Hey, look behind you, real quick. Oh shit! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you manifested a fucking walrus on the Chromecast. I mean, yeah. That's a hap- well. <laughs> why why are you showing me this picture of Justin Long? I don't I don't get it. And then she comes back to it. She's like. I love you. <laughs> oh, and then she the throws movie. in the fish yeah, and she, sadly hobbles yeah, over to it. Just, that's, that's fucking and that's the bro. end of the movie. And, but, he, but the way he's looking up at her, like, just so, like, 
it's so sad. He he and good <laughs> as a. So I mean, good. I'm not exact. There's not a lot of precedent for how a man who's been surgically turned into a walrus. <laughs> Uh, would behave, but I've got to say, Justin Long should be the authority on that one. Yeah, we really should consider that to be the like, you know, he's that's like a, the right way to act. A cockroach, you know, like he, like I would have given up like the second that you surround, like the very first time I realized. Where did I was that a extra walrus. syllable in cockroach come from? Because they'll withstand anything. Like at a certain point, a man's will has to go down, and like if you were surrounded in your cockroach. own body and realized you're a fucking you're a walrus now. And you like are still just going by life as cheerful and like yeah like I'm just gonna you know like just chilling here. No, you're a fucking cockroach. Like you're not I, even a real like, you're not even a real fucking thing. Is that how you say cock? Okay, yeah, cockroach. you can make fun of how I say a boot. Oh, you're but saying cockroach. But cockroach. That's oh, so that's weird. well. Obviously, I'm emphasizing on cock because it's a fucking piece of shit bug. Oh, okay. So yeah, you, I, I did. You yeah. have a vendetta against cockroaches, and so Dude, you just you put do you that like inflection into it. cockroaches? What's the problem here? I don't understand I, what's going on. I don't. But You're I defending cockroaches right now. Uh, I didn't realize <laughs> that adding a syllable to the word cockroach was going to offend them. All those people are going to at me. A life is a life. I know. I get it. Just leave me alone, okay? Nah, I'm, fuck I can, that. I, cockroaches <laughs> got to die. I'm just. I'm not going to spend. I don't respect them enough to spend that much time saying what they are. That's a whole extra syllable. I got shit to do, man. Bro, see, this is why you got to stop living life and double the speed on your podcast and shit. That way you can take a step back and I'm missing (laughs) syllables in words that I didn't know were there. That's what I'm saying. speaking English. You got to just slow it down a little bit. I'll help you. Just go with the, you know, got to live for the bare necessities. (laughs) For the... Bare necessities. My favorite. Simple bare Some of the podcasts I listen to, and they like play a song or they like get to like some musical part of it, and it just sounds like complete garbage because it's just like, it, yeah, it's all just like terrible. Was that what you were saying? Because it's, was going it's all on right sped now? up one and a half times. It's not meant to do that. <laughs> you're saying that Fuck. my music was terrible. That's what he's doing right now. He's fucking hating on my, my song right there. No, I know what you're oh, saying, oh, too. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> no, I missed the punchline. I was too busy listening to myself here. Is there a punchline? I don't even know at this point. We're just kind of rambling. Oh, yeah. We're just rambling. You know, I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's been, it's I got, been good. It's I get been way fun. too easily distracted. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to go to work tomorrow and do absolutely nothing for a half day. And then oh, I get man. off to go hang out with an artist friend of mine that I've never met, actually. But I've been friends with her over social media because i post at you making friends stuff. on the internet you know so she's really cool she i've been posting art for a while and been very inspired by it joey as well um and we both had like a friendship with her and so we're gonna actually go hang out and make some art together tomorrow so it's like one of those things that's, that's like, wait, rad i have free time i can like request off for work i can choose a day that's worth it and this makes sense like i can go now we can go up and i can create art without worrying about anything you know I, I, and that's a very like and talking to you know, people, Cause I, I, you know, I'm a believer in this weird idea that most people are actually pretty cool and like, you know, making friends like on the internet and then having that translate into real life because you guys actually genuinely share those same interests because I mean, the, the likelihood of you happening to run into people who just, you really click with, um, I mean, it's there. It's as likely as anything else, but it's not like guarantee. But that's like a way to actually like, you know, curate a real community of people and that are like in your life. And it has. That share the same kind of interests. And that just seems like such a, I mean, I'm just trying to inoculate against people who think like 
or who still weirdly think that that's or that's something weird yeah you know? like it's but like, yeah it's so fucking cool that it's when that superficial happens, you know and it's like no it's not because you could actually have the, eventually this relationship but you know what really what it really comes down to is the fact that you're communicating with somebody and you can see even if it's not exactly how their life is i'm not going to say that it's completely you know uh, the, the most perfect representation of themselves but you can definitely get to know somebody enough online through a bunch of things to say that hey they're your friend you know that's yeah. how i think about it like i mean it, shit i just watched that movie fucking her with walking phoenix and i'm thinking like holy shit that just made <laughs> that fucked my head up in a way like you know with the whole fucking uh you know our computers and shit being our girlfriends or whatever like that shit was like whoa painted a, a pretty unique picture that you're just like this is a very fucking interesting movie <laughs> yeah I very thought-provoking yeah i think it's also a real uh like you know i think we're staring down the barrel of that yeah like, that's what the podcast was about with that's the fucking, whole thing was yeah, yeah it was just talking about like you know you're, you we can't stop it and you that's is what i got with Elon musk was also like you know it was it was kind of like he's a lot more optimistic obviously about it nothing has been created yet that has been come like you know the next this you know generation's destroyer of uh, destroyer of worlds per se mm-hmm. so it's not like you know that dude that you see whatever his name was that created the atom bomb you know and he's on tv later and he's just kind of got this like completely just yeah you know defeat like he's just like he's checked out like you know he's like he's he's accepted his fate as just yeah Dr. being Strange like Love. the guy who you know created the atom bomb and fucking you know what's yeah. his real name i fucking i don't remember yeah but like you always see that that video like or that thing that they used to show you where he's just like sitting there talking about it like yeah he he knew that he created the destroyer of worlds and and yeah like Elon musk is just telling on the joe rogan podcast he's like i mean i told him i warned them i told him not to you know to mm-hmm. be careful they don't listen to me they're just gonna keep going so he's already like it's foreshadowing that like shit it's gonna get fucking crazy but yeah. it is better but to i mean keep he's an totally optimist. right it's it's i yeah. mean it, it makes sense that like once you let that happen like we seed our position as like the apex predator of earth yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, that being said, but if it's a being that is like, you know, capable of cognition far beyond our own abilities, you know, do we do we just accept that and trust it? You know, well, people aren't, <laughs> you know, so the, the people yeah. like we, we you and I might be able to. It's still going to be fucking weird. I think I but, I think I do. Yeah. I mean, we have to. I think you I've already given into the robot. If it's already happening and it's going that way, like you're not going to stop it. If you look back at yeah, history, there is no stopping there's it. absolutely no stopping it from happening that way. So it's like, and, and like what he was saying, you know, going into these things with a more optimistic attitude definitely will shift things better. And it's, and it's always better. What does he say? I'd rather be optimistic and be wrong than to be pessimistic and be yeah. right. That you know that actually that resonated with me too when he said that. So yeah. I'm like, you know, that's I like that. I like that that summary. That sums up kind of how I generally feel pretty well. Yeah. So exactly. Robots bring it on because it's gonna bring so well. You know, we don't. I don't want to rehash like the exact same conversation because that was just me listening and going. Oh yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I've been reading like those Mobius comics, the old French you know Mobius comics, which pretty much have inspired so much of the fucking like when you read them, you're like, holy shit, this people have straight jacked shit. For all of their movies not even credited them you know like like so many science fiction movies and and just concepts and theories and in these shows or movies that have been you know released in the last like four or five years or even through the 80s you know have definitely had all the same things and it's not to say he's the only one but it's like you're starting to realize fuck like the way he describes things in the future i'm like fuck, this is 
<laughs> I can see that fucking happening, you know, like it could definitely, it's crazy, but you could def with, it's, it is happening right now. Like, you know, everything, the signs are all there. There's like technology that's like already created that we have no idea, you know, what it is. Oh, there's some truly like, like terrifying technology that I don't even like, that I know of. Yeah. That I don't talk about that. I see. And then there's the ones on, we don't like, know about. So, yeah. But. I mean, just the like, oh man, the scariest one for me is like the, the technology that people have now to get like perfect, uh, like video renderings of people and like recreate them. And then like basically like puppet them mm. too. And like the demonstration video I saw was like somebody like they had the camera on one guy and then you see like Barack Obama's face on another screen. And yeah, you were telling me about that talking. So you can like pretend can, to be somebody else and they can have the same voice and everything yeah. too. Um, and it's like, it's almost like, it's very, very close to perfect to where, you know, it's going to be that way. It's like, going you to know, be, it's going it's to, going to be, be indistinguishable in like a year. And yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, damn, like these people are like, I don't think, I don't know if we're ready to counter that yet. As we're a not like, there are so many of these things that are coming and then when they hit, they're just going to like the first hit is going to be catastrophic, you know, and we're not doing anything to prepare for. Uh, things like that. I and think we'd have to treat it much like we already have to treat just about everything else because it is the same thing as, you know, the nuclear bomb or the atom bomb. It's like these people do have it. And there's always been threats since the, like since they've existed for people to do. That's like kind of like the ultimate thing. Everybody's just fucking checking the other person. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, you know, got their finger up here like this. Like, I'll do it, motherfucker. I'll yeah. do it. But we don't. You know why? Because we don't want it to happen. Like, ultimately... In the grand scheme of things, at least the you know the the side that it's on right now is that most people don't really want it to happen. Even the ones that are fucking pieces of shit at the top, like there's there's a lot of shit that's like most it, people. But there are some people. Oh yeah, no, don't get some, me wrong. I'm not saying are, that there could there it are couldn't people happen. People that yeah. are completely unhinged yeah. and detached from reality that currently are the only ones that can press a button that launches a nuclear missile. Right. And that should scare the shit out it, of everybody. It should. Every it, single moment of every single but day. But I think it does scare the shit out of people. But I think the fact that it's also have, it has come this far where they didn't just do that for, cause I mean, when you think about it, it's like if somebody's like batshit crazy and they're going to their end, like, you know, they're just they're They've given up on everything. What's to stop them from doing that. There's obviously something bigger in my mind that has at least allowed us to get this far and it can keep going well i am i am not not as confident i'll tell you why there was a book that came out this week i don't know i don't know if you've heard uh but uh bob woodward bob woodward the journalist who you know uncovered uh watergate and took down uh the nixon presidency uh and who was portrayed by robert redford in the all the president's men right uh he came out with a book this week and it is it, it paints this this picture of the president that is like, oh shit, like everything that we see on TV is everything that he is. Like behind the scenes too, it's exactly the same. It was just confirming what we all knew. But there was some like disconcerting stuff in there. Like, um, you know, when it came to Assad, he was like, he was giving commands to say, let's assassinate uh, President uh, Bashar al-Assad of Syria. And that is like, you can't just do that. You can't just order the assassination of uh of another like head of another foreign head of state without even consulting anybody without like thinking about it twice without even like really and this is an emotional like just gut reaction where he wants to just assassinate 
that guy. And and I'm thinking, fuck, this guy's just so wildly dangerous. And then when it come when you couple that with the uh there was a New York Times op-ed that came up that came out, you know, last week that everybody's talking about how like the people who are actually in the cabinet and in the White House and these these senior staff and stuff like that, they're they're removing things from his desk and they're like lying to him. So they're they're trying to play him because they know like what he actually wants to do is launch the nuclear codes, you know? And he's 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 absolutely unstable. And now that they fucking came out with it, now I'm sure he's gonna be extra paranoid. It's it's a whole fucking it's a mess, man. And everybody is sprinting to the end right here because we vote in fifty four days, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, in fifty four days we have an election. And if that goes I mean, if that goes their way, I don't know what's gonna like happen to all of us. But that's why it's so important that well, we nobody actually... does. So that's the other thing too. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Oh no, I know it's going to be very bad. Yeah, these last two years were worse than I imagined that they would be. And but back to what we were saying though about the fact that it still hasn't been pressed yet, or that it still hasn't happened. Not saying that it couldn't, and it's not not saying that you shouldn't be concerned about it, or that you shouldn't make these things apparent to other people who may not know. Obviously, yes, do all of that. But it's still, you know, finding that that balance of the confidence and hope that it's not going to happen because of the fact that it's still, you know, I think like he was saying, you know, I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Well, I just don't want somebody to be optimistic and apathetic. Well, there's definitely levels on both ends where people are too optimistic and too pessimistic, too. I think that that's where that balance comes in. Because you can't be too much of one or the other. You know, you can't be blindly optimistic and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. You know, I mean, you can. And perception is everything. And if that person goes to death, like, fucking feeling fine, then whatever, that's their own thing. But I see what you're saying. And that's not, I don't think that, you know, humanity is as bad. I have faith more in humanity than most systems or anything that we can even possibly think of to try to correct the problems. Well, yeah, and I do, I do as well, you know, and I think the problem is that a very small sect of people kind of gets in and inserts themselves into the, because they're seeking power and money and control and things like that. Right. And they insert themselves into these ways and they, they use these underhanded tactics that really don't follow, they, they're not in the spirit of what, you know, American values like are and, and have been, or at least what we've claimed they've been, right. you know, and I, and I think the one good thing about you know this la- these last two years is the amount of enthusiasm and it, you know the people that are jumping into this you know full spirited like ready to go people i mean doing more than myself people who are running for office now and stuff like that and winning at these fucking crazy rates like it, like we're pulling the entire uh like the conversation like to the left to actual real uh, real solutions to a lot of these problems that we have here. And we're on the verge of what I think could be like real dramatic change. And I think a lot well, of Well, it people, has to happen though. That's the thing. It has to happen. It is happening because it has to happen. Even though that But nobody's going to do it for us. Nobody is. It's not going to happen. And nobody's ever if we but aren't nobody out there, like, but nobody doing something. But you realize though because we we talk about how unprecedented a lot of things are like circumstantially, yes, unprecedented. But when you look at the patterns of the significant change happening because of something boiling down to this, having to happen, a thing becoming so just piled up with shit that, you know, every, within after you know, generations, this, this frequently does happen in its own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it is, it has to happen as long as we are surviving and living. And as long as there's human beings on this planet, it has to happen. And it is our job individually to do what we can 
because everybody has strengths and weaknesses or, you know, strengths that lie in different places. Like, so, you know, some people are going to be obviously more equipped to go run for office and actually make a change in oh, that absolutely. regard. absolutely. And yeah. then there's people that do like, and nothing really, if, as long as you're pure at heart and, and actually going for it and doing something, every, we need all the bases covered. You need everything to, to go down. Um, I do see what you're saying though. Complacency is definitely a problem. Well, just, uh, just in that people who aren't even like, they won't even, you can register to vote online. Right. And then you can, you can submit a, a vote by mail. Yeah. And well, everything it, that happens, it takes now it everybody's takes 20 minutes on of it. your life entirely, yeah. you know? And so I'm, we're seeing like record, yeah. uh, record voter registration. Uh, we don't know if that's going to, I, I hesitate to speak too positively because then I get flashbacks of, you know, Basically, 2016 <laughs> when I was like, oh yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, Donald look- Trump's not going to win, but like, this is already going to be bad, like just because he got this far. And then I'm like, oh, oh shit. Okay. This guy really bad. It's the Donald conspiracy, and bro. You had to get a Donald Trump to be like the Donald King, the Don King back in the day to get people hyped up to <laughs> want to come buy this fucking pay-per-view shit. You know, they're going to come now and they're going to fucking vote. The motherfuckers registered because they already seen the scandalous shit go down. You know, it's fucking God's fucking paper, <laughs> pay-per-view, yeah. uh, like, you know, fucking ticket. It's like, <laughs> here you go. What's going to happen? Is this motherfucker going to get elected the second term? Is he going to go fucking destroy the United States of America? Watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely <laughs> fucking watch, man, because it's it's been it's been nuts. And now we got a fucking hurricane that's about to slam into South Carolina. And he's over there worrying about burning the Nike still and shit. That's yeah, what somebody yeah. I don't know. I, I get you get your shit through Twitter. I get my shit through this uh, emo cat. He does like comics and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, okay. like, he does these stupid comics. And I don't really know exactly what like yeah. he's trying to play off. I'm just guessing. He's on after on- Anderson Cooper, right? On CNN? No. Yeah, it's Anderson Cooper, then then oh no, it's Wolf Blitzer, then Anderson Cooper, then Emo Cat. <laughs> and then I think they finish off with uh, uh something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's who I get. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Don Lemon. Yeah. Total <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, no, it's like they're they're trying to ram uh you know. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll tell this other story. I was uh yeah, okay, I I'll tell it to myself. <laughs> I was out uh canvassing for uh Harley Ruda, who if you uh if you don't know he is running for Congress and in the 40th district where we broadcast from and where I know a lot of our listeners are from because we are mostly out here. And um, I was out canvassing for the other day and it was, it was really actually cool to be involved, kind of be out there. And, you know, you just feel better about yourself as you're doing it. And the people that you do find uh, when you're out there knocking on doors, uh, talking to people about the candidate, uh, trying to just raise some awareness on not just the election, but what's important to them and get some feedback and stuff like that. That is the the heart of, I mean, uh, political movements. A lot of it is volunteers just getting out there, hitting the pavement, going door to door, talking to people on an individual level and, and letting them know that, uh, you know, there are people who represent their interests and, and they respect that, you know? If you if you really want to see change, you've got to, I mean, at some point you got to volunteer, and so that was my first um, canvassing uh, time out there, and it was uh, it was a really interesting experience in that, you know, most people eighty percent of the doors, you know, they are not home or they're pretending that they're not home and not doing such a great job about it. That's okay, don't take that personally. Um, and then you you do end up talking to people who. They, they, they seem involved, but they don't really know enough about their local spots. And the people, you know, I was able to sway, I think probably like four or five people to uh, vote for him in the like three hours that I was out there. 
And that is something that doesn't seem like a lot, but really that is like the way to, like you're guaranteed to get in. That's how so many of these people who are running these very small, kind of not very uh, well-funded campaigns and stuff like that, people who aren't taking giant corporate donors and shit, all these things you're seeing from democratic socialists, um, you know, putting candidates forth. Uh, that is the kind of thing that actually gets people to get excited, to get inspired and to get out there and, uh, and to vote. So yeah, I highly encourage anybody uh, who wants to, to kind of look into that stuff. And uh, if you guys go to votesaveamerica.com, that is where you can put in your information. You can check your own voter registration status because a lot of people have been getting purged from voter rolls and stuff like that. And people have, are, you know, they're signed up for the wrong party or they're not sure if they're registered or not. And so that's the way to, it takes like literally two minutes and you check. And if you're not registered, you can register right there online too. And then you get all your polling information, stuff like that. And if you want, you give them an email address and they send you uh, like what local uh, political, uh, you know, canvassing events and things like that. Phone banking stuff, like calling people, uh, just reminding people to get the vote. If you really want to feel like you do something, go ahead, check that out. And I promise like the 30 minutes that take you is going to make you feel so much better about your day. And if you actually go out and do it, that like three hours that you spend on that weekend it's a really rewarding experience. And so I want everybody to I waste eight hours a that. day literally clicking on Facebook and Instagram. So mm -hmm. like I know y'all have the time to like do this shit. Like I'm Absolutely. just fucking sitting there and just oh I should do this. I'm should oh wait, what? A dog fucking jumping doing backflips? What the fuck? Well <laughs> just like yeah. any stupid shit. I'm just like, what? You need something to talk about when you go to the exactly. door. You know, you got to start with the common ground. And it doesn't. And maybe get... it's like, hey, uh, I'm out here to talk about the election, but uh, have you seen this dog that just backflips? Yeah. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> I also just realized a weird thing, and that I've been using a pop socket for so long. My hand symbol for showing you my phone was like this weird Star Trek thing. A pop socket is that the thing that you gave me for? Yeah, I don't the, have on my phone. Yeah, the moment. thing that goes on the this is back my, of your phone here. This is my other phone, but, but now I, have two I, phones I just realized like I do this like fucking Spock now or something. Right. Oh man. So yeah, no, it's. I mean, we need some accountability back. And uh, hey, if you guys want to, if you're just itching to talk some more about it, trust me, I got you. Just reach out. All right, I, I will be happy to go into uh, into further and further detail. But it is, um, yeah, get out, vote, do that. Uh, and uh, call your senator, call everybody senator, and tell them not to vote for fucking Brett Kavanaugh, who will overtone Rovis Rovery Wade. Fuck will, Brett Kavanaugh. Will get rid of. <laughs> I don't even know who he is, but I don't like them by his name. Yeah, we're about to. No, we're about to make like we're about to outlaw abortion in this country oh, again, really? and uh, like you know really dial in uh you know corporate finance basically everything that we want where they're trying to appoint a dude in his like 40s who's going to live for a very long time to a lifetime appointment where he's just going to shit on the next 40 years of this country Damn. it's yeah it's a it's a big fucking deal there's right. actually some gangster shit that went down man there was uh yeah why don't the mexican mafia just like wipe these dudes out you know what i mean well i mean it's getting <laughs> so crazy kidding. like <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just being i'm joking i don't want anybody to you realize that joke is a federal like crime yeah. right yeah it's like a federal I'm misdemeanor totally okay. not <laughs> serious about that in any way okay um <laughs> but yeah cory booker who's a senator from new jersey 
he like got all these documents that were supposed to be uh, you know, private and classified as, you know, as told by, you know, the people who are trying to ram Brett Kavanaugh through, they've been classifying documents that don't need to be classified, but they're damaging to this, this candidate because they want to, they want to jam him in there before we get to the election. Because if we elect him and we swing the house and shit, maybe even the Senate at this point, like then every, their whole world comes crashing down because then we've got actual people there willing to say, Hey, um, that's clearly illegal. There's clearly you guys are working for Russia. Like this is, you know, this tax uh, tax break thing is complete bullshit that you guys just rammed through because you have the majority and you're doing you're using, you know, Senate jujitsu to pass all these monstrous fucking concepts. Yeah. And um, fuck, where was I going with that? You lost me at Senate jujitsu. Yeah. Well, I just imagined like senators doing jujitsu like in the White House. They're just like rolling around on a mat and shit, just that's, fucking putting each other in fucking dude. <laughs> not too far off. Shit. Like this shit might sound boring, but like if you watch it, like it's fucking crazy. They're like screaming at each other. There's people like getting like hauled out of there. Like there, yeah. There's like a re- there's like thirty arrests made in the first ten minutes of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. Wow. Yeah. No, it was crazy because they know like. Oh, th- this is going to be very, very fucking bad if this guy gets in there, and there's nothing that we can do for 40 years if this happens. And so, oh, Cory Booker, yeah. So he released some like private documents, classified documents that are very like against Senate rules. And he's like, I don't fucking care. This is the thing. If you guys want to take away my like senatorship, like do it. All right, but it is my duty to like get this out there because we can like it is. This is more important than my job in my like political career. And so he released all the like classified documents, which is like, I don't know, I think it's like a felony or something like that. And um, he's like, I don't care what you guys do. All right, the people need to know I'm doing it. And I was like, that is some like patriotic shit right there, man. It was really fucking cool. Gangsta shit. Yeah. So I like that. Shout out to Cory Booker. Fuck Brett Kavanaugh. Fuck Brett Kavanaugh. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, well. Everybody, get your asses out there and vote. And then, you know, Phil will be very happy when the elections come out and Donald Trump is no longer our president. Well, yeah, we do what we, we, do what we can do. Um, I'm, things are, things are looking I up. Too. But, I think you will be, you know, too. We, we, can, will be we too. cannot slack. And we always got to be wary that uh, the Russians are also in the voting system, too. So, sneaky keep an fucking eye up Russians. That. <laughs> fucking Ruskies. And so, yeah, I have officially eaten at the you know, 20 minutes past what is our usual runtime. Right. So anything, any, any, it's been a while, you know, any you, parting words to go here. I still had more shit to talk about. I mean, shit. It's nobody's saying that you can't, but we could always get it in on the next podcast uh, episode. Okay. I will save my anecdote about, uh, this Asian lady who was afraid of heights and her three friends who were fucking with her in the most hilarious way I've ever seen. And it was adorable to watch these like 65 year old like group of Chinese ladies just just fuck with each other like they were in high school or like middle school or some <laughs> shit like that. It was it was great. Awesome. I love that kind of shit. And this fucking ATV that I just took to San Francisco from Anaheim. I'll tell that story next time. Wait, what? You drove an ATV from San Fran to Anaheim? 
guess you'll have to tune in next week. I guess you'll have to tune in next week. Oh, I, I shit, I gotta wait till next week to hear about this. Anyways, uh, yeah, you know, this month we've got some pretty cool things going on. This weekend, if you have a chance to go check out Cosmic Gardens at in Apple Valley, it's a music festival out there. Uh, go ahead and Google that. It's Cosmic with a K. Gardens. Uh, a lot of our friends are going to be spinning out there. It's Gardens be- with an L. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Is it? No. No, not really. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't be so fucking surprised. I'm just here to the way they plugs. spell DJ's names and shit. Yeah. So they, yeah, it's going to be really cool. And I wish I could go. I'm stuck working this weekend. Um, and then we are having art in the park. I haven't, again, announced it yet. I haven't posted a flyer, but it's going to be the 30th. So the last Sunday, in fact, the last day of the month. The last day of the month. And uh, it'll be the same day as Base Waffles, but we'll be heading over there as well afterwards. So definitely come by. It's going to be fucking awesome. Don't worry. You guys can hit both. Yes. Oh, man. My high school. That reminds me. Got my high school reunion around that time, too. And that's a whole other fucking story. I'll tell that next time as well. <laughs> right on. Oh, man. I didn't get a high school reunion. Our fucking ASB president. because you didn't president. graduate high school? Well, that too. Oh. Okay. No, our ASB president, she just like didn't give a fuck. She skipped town. She just like left. To, like I didn't know how it worked. Is that a thing? That's Does the ASB get, president actually organize the high school reunion? That was the explanation I got for why didn't we have a fucking reunion. And they said that it's the ASB president that's in charge. Like, <laughs> they signed I, this fucking pact when they're in high school. Like... That's so fucking just, okay. It's crazy. Like, they're the ones that are going to come back and set this reunion up. Like, what if they became famous? Like, what the fuck? Dude. Like, why are they going to want to come back to this fucking shitty school and give us a reunion? Like, why are they going to Like, how are you going to expect the senior in high school to make that sort of commitment? Dude, my a- the ASB president of, like, my senior year, like, was organizing it. And I was like, I'm, I was writing on Facebook, like, oh, damn, I didn't realize that, you know, I signed you guys up for a lifetime appointment when you guys do this. <laughs> like, fucking respect. You guys are, like, Supreme Court judges and shit. Yeah. Seriously, that's though. fucking crazy, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't realize that was a thing. How yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's dig deeper on this next. Unless time. there, unless there was some other shit going on, and I wasn't too mad that I didn't have a fucking high school reunion to go to for the last for our tenure or whatever. I mean, I pretty much see anybody who I care to see from high school still, you know, on Facebook has made them a lot less necessary. Yeah, there's a, I, I think there's a lot of things that I'd be like really surprised about if I saw people now, but I'm just like, oh, but I still see all you people like you know kind of keep up with your lives that like true. you know at least on a superficial level that is true oh man like that's that goes along with everything i've been saying about how we take for granted like how much technology has changed our lives mm, in the world mm-hmm. you know uh but anyway robots yep getting off of that so tune in next time on the let it bleed podcast thanks for tuning in today and i don't know what i'm gonna say right now because will I they talk about a high school reunion? yeah <laughs> Will they? <laughs> will they? Talk? Will they? Will David ever finish this story? Will David smoke more? Is he weed going to take a little bit of a break time? from weed? Find yeah, out next time. Find out oh, next don't time. Let it play podcast. Probably not. Don't hold your breath. Just and <laughs> hey, what's that thing that you always say to end the podcast that I think you actually did forget about? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I already said it, so that's why I said, as always, let it bleed. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> Fuck me then. <laughs>